I'm Rene Ritchie, and the next generation iPad Pro might be coming our way as soon as March. And in this video, I'm gonna break down just everything that might be coming with it. I'm talking mini LED display, M1 class chipset, Thunderbolt 3, and of course, 5G. 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 Let's do this. Sponsored by CuriosityStream with Nebula. The current iPad Pro is already full screen, with Apple just Thanos snapping half the bezels away going on 18 months ago already. It's also DCI-P3 wide color gamut, which means rich reds and vibrant greens and true tone ambient temperature matching, so whites look just really paper white. And of course, ProMotion, adaptive refresh, so it can ramp up to 120 hertz for silky smooth MKBHD quality scrolling, or ramp down to 48 hertz to show 24 frames per second movies the way nature and Hollywood intended. But it's still LCD in 2021, when the iPhone switched to OLED back in 2017 already. And despite Samsung and LG pushing for OLED in the industry rags, Apple just doesn't seem to think bigger than phone-sized OLED panels are really ready for prime time yet at all just in terms of the LTPO versions they'd need, the cost, the yield, and things like the consistency of the brightness. So the big rumor is the iPad Pro is going mini LED instead. And mini LED just offers almost all the benefits of OLED, but without the issues that plague it, like smearing, pulse width modulation, off-axis color shifting, burn-in, and the pentile subpixel arrangement. Because yeah, mini LED is blessedly RGB stripe. What it does is use smaller backlights, like. 200 microns small, like 10,000 of them grouped into local dimming zones, which lets them get the deeper blacks and higher contrast ratios needed for HDR for high dynamic range. And I'll be doing an in-depth explainer on how all of that works. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and bell so you don't miss it because it should be just legit terrific for everything from TV plus to Disney plus to all the Dolby Vision content being shot right now on the iPhone 12. The 2018 iPad Pro had an A12X chipset basically the A12 from the iPhone XS, but with four efficiency and four performance cores, eight neural engine cores, and seven graphics cores, fabbed on TSMC's seven nanometer process. The 2020 iPad Pro has an A12Z chipset, basically a tweaked A12X with its eighth graphics core just fully operational, but not an A13X, probably because Apple's silicon team was just too busy working on the A14 for the iPhone 12 and iPad Air 4, and the M1 for the new MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini. This next one though, the 2021 iPad Pro, is rumored to be going five nanometer with either the A14X or the M1, which would pretty much be the same thing. Current generation versions of all the performance, efficiency, and graphics cores, 16 neural engine cores, and all the modern bells and whistles to go with them. Whether it's actually an A14X or M1, is part branding and part economics. It just depends if it's cheaper to make a chip without the Mac specific hardware blocks like x86 optimizers or to just make the same chip and not use those blocks. And then basically whatever Apple wants to call it. But if you have strong feelings one way or t'other, just let me know in the comments. Battery life should stay at 10 hours because of the physical battery size and because that just seems to be Apple's target for pretty much every iPad always. Since the previous iPad Pro had six gigabytes of RAM, but the M1 MacBook starts at eight gigabytes of RAM, it's an open question how much memory Apple wants in the next iPad Pro, and it'll be interesting to see that either way. Would a better chipset and more RAM mean the new iPad Pro would finally, finally be able to run Final Cut Pro, Logic Pro, and Xcode? 
Well, no, because Moram and even M1 doesn't just magically port those apps from AppKit to UIKit or adapt their interfaces from mouse pointer to multi-touch. It could certainly happen, and I would be beyond ecstatic if it did, but it's just, it's just never been a purely hardware problem to solve. Part of the iPad Pro's big 2018 redesign was a transition from Lightning to USB-C. It just allowed the iPad Pro to work with a far wider range of peripherals, specifically Mac and PC peripherals, but not Thunderbolt because Thunderbolt also requires surfacing PCIe lanes, and Apple has just never done that, not on any iOS device, not even the iPad Pro. But but Apple did surface PCIe lanes for the M1, two of them, with two onboard Thunderbolt controllers. So if the next iPad Pro uses the M1 chipset, as is, it'll also have those two Thunderbolt controllers. And in a perfect world, that would give us two USB 4 Thunderbolt 3 ports on the next iPad Pro. And for some people, including me, that would make it just twice as much Pro. And if you feel the same, drop a like below. But because our world is just so often so far from perfect, I expect the actual number we'll get is somewhere between none and one. So fingers crossed for at least one so that Apple will make the iPad Pro a true first class USB-C 4 Thunderbolt 3 experience. Okay, I'll just say it. For most people in most places, 5G still just isn't that meaningful. It's something that really only carriers care about. And even then, only carrier finance and marketing people. Technicians are like up to here with it already. But those are the modems being made right now, which means those are the modems that are gonna be made for the next iPad Pro. And depending on how dates and yields work out, It'll be either the same Qualcomm X55 modem that's currently in the iPhone 12 or the next generation Qualcomm X60 modem that'll almost certainly be in the iPhone 13. That one, the X60, is gonna use Samsung's latest fabrication process. I don't think it's as good as TSMC's, but Apple is just eating up so much of TSMC's capacity these days, and either way, it should at least be more power efficient. The current iPad Pro added a second ultra-wide angle camera and a LiDAR scanner. Hopefully, Apple will continue to improve both of those and the main wide-angle camera as well. I mean, if it were up to me, the iPad Pro would always have as good of a camera as the iPhone Pro, but I don't most times get what I want. The A14 and M1 image signal processor, again, the same thing, will do a lot to improve them either way, including HDR3 and possibly Deep Fusion, Night Mode, and Dolby Vision. But the current iPad Pro was also missing things like portrait mode on the rear camera. You would press that button and it would just spin around to the front-facing camera, even though it had LiDAR. And again, I can only assume the camera team was so busy working on the iPhone 12, they just didn't have time to work on the iPad Pro as well. But why that wasn't fixed with iOS 14 back in September, I have zero idea. So maybe, just maybe the third time will finally be the charm. And if so, even if the glass doesn't match the iPhone 12s, at least the functionality gap will finally close. Now, I have some thoughts on sizes, not rumors, but just some wishlist stuff, specifically about the potential for an even bigger iPad Pro. But because that's off topic and a total tangent, I'm gonna save that for the extended version of this video on Nebula. That's the streaming video platform I'm building along with my education creator friends, Alex, a low-spec gamer, Jordan Harrod, TechAlter, Epos Vox, Real Engineering, Real Science, and so many more. It's a place where we can put up extended and bonus content 
without having to worry about demonetization or the tyranny of the click-through rate, watch time, or the algorithm, or even ads, you can find full-length versions of my chats there with I. Justine, Jonathan Morrison, John Gruber, Walt Mossberg, and many more. Also, all of my videos, completely ad-free, including Apple Talk, my new Psychology of Technology podcast with psychotherapist Georgia Dow, which has a bonus topic only available on Nebula. So, wait, yeah. What does any of this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, as the go-to source for the absolute best documentaries on the internet, they love educational content and thoughtful creators. And so we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only will you get CuriosityStream, but you'll also get a Nebula subscription for free. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is 26% off. That's less than $15 a year, a year for the absolute best deal in streaming. So click the link in the description to get CuriosityStream for 26% off and Nebula for free. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Renee It's a great way to support this channel and educational content directly for less than $15 a year. Just click the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Renee And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. For a ton more on all of Apple's upcoming products in 2021, click the playlist above. I've got in-depth previews and explainers that'll tell you everything you need to know. So just click the playlist and I'll see you in the next video.